0: Hey, Sarah. Hey, P. Where are you?
1: I'm in a little place called Vancouver, Canada.
0: When would you get over there?
1: Oh, when did I get over there? <laughs> I've been here for about a week and this is our first time recording with the time difference.
0: I know. It feels weird because it's like almost 9 p.m. here.
1: I know. It's not even 6 p.m. yet. Like, I have the whole night ahead of me. Are you kind of jealous?
0: Yeah, I actually am because... But then, oh my god, that's gonna be so hard when we normally like, like drunk text each other. Um, <laughs>
1: I know, baby. I know. Or like, but well, when I do it, it'll be like three a.m. your time. Just you just have to make sure you're awake. Like, just stay up. Okay. But it's really weird. Like right now, I like the time now because then I I talk to you and I'm like, sucker. Like you've like three hours left before you. Zonk out and I have the whole night. But then when I wake up at, and it's like 6 30 or whatever, and I have all these texts, and because everyone else is awake, like has been awake for hours, I'm like, this is weird. Let everyone go to sleep.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I think I texted you this morning, and then later I'm like, oh, wait, it would be like 5 a.m. for Sarah.
1: Yeah, you woke me up with your text. Are you going get back to sleep?
0: Oh, but yeah, you do have the whole night ahead of you, and you're getting a bed frame.
1: I am. I got this cool guy. Well, actually, I don't know if he's cool, but he makes like custom bed frames out of upcycled palettes. That's coming tonight. I'm super stoked.
0: I can't wait. It's going to look so cute. And if anyone wants to send Sarah a mood board, send it her way.
1: Yes, ladies and gents, and everyone in between. Uh, In case you need some inspo for your mood board, I have a dark chocolate brown couch. (laughs) She has
0: a chocolate. (laughs) Covered chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs>
2: it's made out of
0: chocolate
1: Yeah I took a bite right before we started recording uh, No I just felt like I had to say that Because if someone's making a mood board They're not going to like instantly think I have a big massive dark brown thing in my home You know what I mean And that's important
0: Yeah that's true That's true That's what she they need to know
1: That's like the centerpiece or whatever
0: Yeah it's the centerpiece of her world <laughs>
1: Are you doing good? Yes. I yes. am. We? Mm-hmm. Oui? Oui, oui, oui. Yes. We, oui, we, oui, mon, mon ami. It's almost Friday, which means we're going to party. We uh, actually party. are. I'm going to
0: party hardy. Oh, it's also my parents' 40th anniversary on Saturday.
1: Oh, my God happy anniversary benny and searle i know you guys listen to this pod and by the time this episode comes out your anniversary will already be passed so happy belated anniversary 40 40? 40th <laughs> i don't like that 40th guys 40 years you both need to come on the pod for a number of reasons but especially to tell us like how to make 40 years of marriage work
0: I can already picture about how the conversation is going to be.
1: Just bickering?
0: Just bickering. Compromise.
1: Compromise. Compromise. Oh, man. Renny and Cyril, you're the best. I hope you have the most amazing anniversary planned by your little Percy buns. (laughs)
0: Little Percy buns and their little... Marshy bear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For anyone who knows my sister, I wouldn't be calling her Marshy bear. Why not? She's a very, um. well, you know Marsh.
1: I know Marsh. I, w- I wouldn't call her, Mar- I would call her Marshy Bear or like. She's more like. Marsha P. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Like just boss ass bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. and then I'm
0: just a Percy Buns.
1: No, you're Percy Bunsy Bears, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know what we're talking about? No. That's how I like it. Okay, Sarah, what day is it today? It's coming out day. Woo! i want to know. Got to
3: let it show. Yeah, Purse, today is coming out
1: day. And when we say today, we mean October 11th. Yes. October 11th, 2021, Coming Out Day. Perse, tell us a little bit about what Coming Out Day is.
0: Yeah, so just basically to sum it all up, National Coming Out Day is an annual LGBTQIA+, Awareness Day, celebrated always on October 11th. And it's just to support lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, everyone. Um, Basically just your journey of coming out of the closet. (laughs) It's to celebrate coming out because coming out can be very, very scary. And I did do a little research because I didn't know any of this myself on like when coming out day started, who Mm -hmm. started it, like where Mm -hmm. it was first celebrated. And found out that National Coming Out Day was first celebrated in the United States in 1988, which is very late to me.
1: Yeah, that's later than I thought. But I mean, that's just at like the tail end of the AIDS crisis, question mark.
0: That's true. I, I think so. I didn't even think of that, actually.
1: I feel like, you know, during the AIDS crisis, there was so much homophobia across the across the country. Probably across North America. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, you know, it's such a late date because the queer community wasn't being celebrated widely until yeah. just recently, just in the last like 25, 20, 20, 30 years.
0: Oh, yeah. That's so true, actually. Crazy. Good point. And yeah, so basically the emphasis on this day was just the activism of, you know, coming out to your family, your friends, and living your life as an openly lesbian or gay person. And Actually, the foundational belief of what everyone thinks too is that homophobia thrives in an atmosphere of silence and ignorance. And it's most common that I think when people know they have loved ones who actually are in the LGBTQIA plus community, they're hopefully far less likely to maintain homophobic
1: or oppressive views. Mm, okay. Yeah. So the more people who express outwardly that they're, the more people who come out, the more, the less homophobia there will be, essentially, is what that's saying.
0: Yeah, because I guess if you think yeah. about it, like the more people who come out, the more people will be like, oh, I know someone who's in the community. I know that person. Oh, totally. I know that person.
1: I feel like that's what's happened in, in culture over the last few decades is like more people have come out in all sorts of different new ways that maybe other people didn't know about was possible, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And then yep.
1: now it's cooler to be gay than to not be gay.
0: Yeah. You know? It's just Y'all missing out if you're not gay.
1: You really are. Me. <laughs> oh. I mean, who's to say what could happen in the future, you know?
0: I just gave Sarah a kiss through the mic. Kiss, kiss. Just a little more history behind it. National Coming Out Day was inaugurated. Um, in 1988 by Robert Elkberg and Jean O'Leary. And then Elkberg, who died in 1995 of complications from AIDS, was a psychologist from New Mexico and a founder of the personal growth workshop, The Experience. And then O'Leary was an openly lesbian political leader and a longtime activist from New York. And at that time, she was the head of the National Gay Rights Advocates in LA.
1: Oh, cool. I wonder what the experience growth workshop is. That sounds interesting. I'm going to look into that. Me too. Also, I think it might be Eichberg. Oops. I, I think. Well, you said oh. Elkberg, but I'm not positive. But I just wanted to throw out there that we don't know the exact... In case people are listening and they're like, you idiots!" No, guys, it's
0: Eichberg. I thought... I wrote some notes. Maybe it's like
1: Itchberg. I don't know.
0: I, it's definitely not Elkberg. It's ei. <laughs> C-H-B-E-R-G. I just can't read. Whoa. No, you can read, baby. You're doing so good. Keep going. Um, and uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, um, actually, so Eichberg and O'Leary apparently didn't want to respond defensively to anti-LGBT action because they believed it would be predictable. So that actually led them to establish National Coming Out Day mm-hmm. in order to maintain positivity and celebrate your coming out experience.
1: That's cool. I like that. I think that's like such a common line that you have to walk in, in when it comes to these issues, right? Is like, do you respond to hate with hate? And sometimes, sometimes you kind of have to respond aggressively to certain things, but also it might be more beneficial to respond in a way that spreads more positivity, that like spreads more, inf- like you know, true information or more transparency or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think like, emphasis too on like the, posi- the positivity of it. Because I think sometimes, even how like when we talk about pride celebrations, um, I feel like they're always, we always talk about the struggle of queerness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as much as it's important, and we've talked about this before, you should acknowledge people's journeys because struggle was usually a huge part of it. We have to remember like, Let's think of like the positivity around being gay and being open and loving who you want to love freely. And that's what coming out day is all about. It's that celebration of you feeling like, I I said this in an old YouTube video where I find, because we've said not everyone necessarily has a coming out story. Mm -hmm. And sometimes coming out days aren't always celebrated because maybe you didn't have a good experience, but I think I would say it's also to celebrate when you had that aha moment that every single person in the community has had an aha moment.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I feel like coming out day is celebrating a beautiful thing. Coming out is a beautiful thing. But you're right. I'm sure there are so many people who see, oh, coming out day is today. And they're either thinking, they're either, you know, trauma is coming up from when they came out and it was a bad experience, or they haven't come out yet. Maybe they're closeted, or they've had that aha moment, but they haven't said it out loud. And so coming out do- day feels like almost added pressure, or maybe they feel like they're doing something wrong by not being a part of the celebration that their queer peers are a part of. And I, I love that. I think coming out can be whatever you want it to be, and it doesn't have to mean coming out publicly. It can just mean coming out to yourself it can just mean acknowledging something in yourself even if you haven't written it down or said it out loud to, to yourself in a room i think that everyone can celebrate coming out day really anyone whether you've come out or not and whether you're queer or not i'm good i'm celebrating coming out day because i mean for obvious reasons and i think that's a great point
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just a big old celebration so raise it a glass.
1: is raise a glass ladies gents everyone else
0: mm. Hmm. Hmm. I'm mm-hmm. drinking tea but you know I'll be do- okay. drinking something different on Monday
1: your mug says femme and fierce so it works. it's okay with me also this is kind of cool October 11th was chosen for national coming out day because it's the anniversary of the 1989 national march on Washington for lesbian and gay rights oh
0: 1987 oh what did I say Nineteen eighty nine, because Taylor Swift is on your mind.
1: <laughs> We're not very good at reading today. Uh, but that's really cool. I like that. I like when there's a meaning behind stuff.
0: And like why did you why would it be October eleventh?
1: Yeah, like why why are we all here? You know?
0: Ooh, I think about that a lot.
1: Yeah. Why are we here? <laughs> I what's what's the point? I had a moment
0: <laughs> where I straight up was spiraling myself because I was uh-oh. thinking, I was watching Squid Game. Okay, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's
1: really good. Kay.
0: Yeah, I won't give any spoilers, okay. but basically, the main character's mother is very old, and I was just watching the show, looking at her, and I all of a sudden started spiraling, being like, did she have lives before this one? And Ooh. We don't get to choose the lives we end up in. It's all a gamble, right? So then yeah. I got really scared and I kept thinking like, scared. <laughs> so it's like, Persis, what happens when it's your end? Does that mean what, what are you going to have another life? Does it end? Where do we, I just started thinking, where do we all go?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, where do we all go when we fall asleep? Billie Eilish. When it comes to this kind of stuff, I definitely lean more into, like, the practical realm or, like, the scientific realm. And, like, my head goes to, like, that's it. Like, there's, you know, that's just it. You're, you're, you know, your soul is somewhere. Where? Maybe, maybe. Just floating around. But your body is just, that's it. Your body is your body. And it's just now a piece of, like, matter that if maybe it's in the ground. Maybe it's... Cremated. Well, I'm glad that we sorted that out because that was something I was really hoping that we would dive into for coming out day you know well out of the two of us one of us really had a coming out experience yeah yeah one of us did and uh, does one of us want to share sure <clears throat> yeah, Sarah, pers- go ahead tell- <laughs> <laughs> listen it's tbd it's tbd but Purse, you have talked about your coming out publicly before. On this podcast, you've talked about it because we had an episode. I think it was our second episode ever. If you guys want to listen back, it's called When P Came Out to S or something. Also, sorry, total side note, this is our 30th episode. <gasps> this is our 30th episode. What? We've been doing this for 30 episodes? Are you getting me? Oh, my God. I'm proud of us. I wish we had champagne. Champagne. Well, I'm drinking a little bit of red wine. But the fact that our 30th episode falls on coming out day, it couldn't be better. I'm so proud of us. And anyway, just wanted to mention that before I forgot. But yeah, you've talked about your coming out on this pod. You've also talked about your coming out on your YouTube channel, which if you guys haven't gone to Persis' YouTube channel yet, it's incredible. It's Persis Abraham. Yeah. And she's got a ton of videos on there. Actually, that YouTube channel is pretty much where like girl on girl was born because Persis and I recorded some videos on there. They got really popular. A lot of people were engaging and it kind of made us realize like we could create more content and that people might actually listen and like it. So check out the YouTube channel cause there's so much good stuff there including like you and me being ridiculous. And you have coming out bi and then you have coming out gay. Yes. So there's a lot of content out there but to celebrate coming out day, how would you want to tell your coming out story? I think it's interesting because I
0: always was like what is my story? because I don't have like like a one specific moment where it's like this was my coming out story and this was kind of it. It was such a long journey that took place. I I used to say as early as like 15 until now. Mm-hmm. But now when I look back at like other things I'm starting to unravel I knew I was gay, probably, like when I was even younger than fifteen, when I was like six, like little moments where you might, might not pick up on those things when you were a kid, but my fascination with female figures in my life, like it's like, okay, Persis, I think you had a crush on them, or even like the pop stars I was so infatuated with.
3: Mm-hmm, I definitely right. think I had
0: a crush on them, and um so yeah, my story was definitely, I wouldn't say, an easy one. I went through a lot of dark times through it because I was dealing with the internalized homophobia, not feeling like I really looked gay or people would take me seriously because I would hear, like, comments that definitely weren't right to say um, to anyone who's going through a journey themselves. But I think the moment when I actually, like, fully came out was when I was 18 to my family. Um, when I sat with them, like at kitchen, super casual, it, it was like me just walking up to them one evening and saying that I was interested in women. And I don't, like I said before, I don't remember if I said I was interested in Alice, um, who we all know, or if I was interested in like women in general. Um, mm-hmm. but that would, that's when the first time I ever said that to
1: my parents, and didn't you say you were like really nervous when you said it? Yeah. Like that you felt like you were almost weird, like, you, the, <laughs> like the way you said it was weird because you were so scared.
0: Yeah. I think I even like downplayed it a little bit. I think oh, it was okay, like yeah. a, yeah, I think, I think I could be into girls too. Like, I think.
1: Yeah. And that's not even downplaying. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how you felt probably at the time. It wasn't like you were like, I am gay you were like, I think I'm, um, I think I like a girl guys. Yeah. That's yep. what I think's happening.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, um, <laughs> I mean that whole journey from like 18 until now, cause like, I mean being 26 now and identifying as gay feels really good to me. And I've kind of said it before, it almost feels like there's a weight that's been lifted off my shoulders. Cause it feels very like this is me and I'm kind of owning it. But I also think it was necessary for me to go through the confusion or to go through maybe all those dates with guys or the guys I was seeing because for myself, I really also needed to figure it out because I don't think I'm such a black and white person. Sometimes I think generally I can be very open. So I think for me to kind of like, I needed to experience that. Like I needed to really for myself be like, I, I know there's this part of you that really, really likes women. But I'm glad I also got to kind of go through that process of being like, okay, you know. And now when I knew like a hundred percent, I was like, okay, you know, and now I like walk through the streets, like (laughs) just knowing. And I mean, I I love that. Well, even like the other, or today, earlier today, I interviewed like a guy for this, um, for Notable Life. Oh, nice. And he's a really good looking guy. But this was the first time I could kind of say like, yeah, he's really good looking, but I know like I'm not into it. And obviously people always say like, oh, but you're gay if you think he's good looking. But I'm like, no, I have eyes. Like I can notice when I think someone's like attractive.
1: Oh, wait, sorry. People say that you can't think a guy is attractive if you're gay.
0: Okay, so I haven't heard that personally, but I've heard through other, um, through like an example, lesbian youtuber shannon Mm Beveridge, she she would have friends who used to tell her like oh you you wouldn't think he's cute because you're gay or something like you wouldn't Mm -hmm. think he's
1: he's hot and she's like just stop telling me what i'm attracted to or what i or what i can see with my eyes thank you very much
0: yeah and and she brought up a good point where she says yeah i know i don't want to sleep with this man but i can acknowledge a good-looking human doesn't mean every good-looking human you want to sleep with (laughs)
1: Jesus people's heads are in the gutter that's why
0: yeah oh yeah but um no that was just a moment where I felt like I don't know I just know myself like more than I have in so long and yeah my journey has definitely been there's been ups and downs for sure and it was all my own internal struggles but good place now and I know what I want and what I want is Jordana
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh I really hope some of you got that reference um i highly doubt it but it's uh i'm not ever gonna say it's a deep cut it's a deep cut for anyone i just want to get a few things straight around here i get what i want and this winter break i want jordan i feel like i know your coming out story so well obviously and i feel like you have talked about it a lot on youtube and on the pod but i also just feel like there are like I have so many questions. I feel like someone who's listening to only this episode might have. And I feel like you actually just talked about this on a recent episode, but can you describe the moments, doesn't have to be one, when you realized or had an aha moment, you know what, I actually identify as gay, not bisexual.
0: Yeah, I actually, I feel like um, I love talking about this moment because it, Actually, really impacted me. One because I really discovered my sexuality, and yeah. Two, I look at it as such a learning experience. Um, so for context, for anyone who might not have known, because I did talk about this on another another episode, but I can go into it again, maybe with a bit more detail. I don't know, but so through my journey, I had had like I feel like I was like, crushing on a lot of girls, like from when I moved in with Sarah in the city.
1: <laughs> crush number one
0: crush number one was Sarah yeah obviously. Um, but truly I think I was I was experiencing that for the first time and crushing on a lot of women but throughout those years too I would also go on dates with guys I wasn't going on dates with women at all then I had a I had more of a serious experience with a girl that was just a bit more consistent for me which made me think like Okay, I'm really really in like liking this. I like this person a, a lot. Even if that person mm-hmm. wasn't right for me, I think I was just really associating like the the feeling of being with a woman, this is what I want. But it wasn't even actually her. It was another girl I liked after the girl that was a little more consistent where I realized like I was comparing my feelings for her And even though like nothing was happening with that girl, like seriously, I kept thinking my feelings for her like run really deep. And it made me kind of realize like who I am because that experience just made me realize like it lasted for so long. And I kind of went through like other periods of like trying to date men during that time. And then once again, I was kind of like, no, like this ain't it. And I would always somehow kind of find myself like coming back to her. But then after her, I was like, okay, I really just like got to date women. <laughs> and so she was kind of like a big character in that journey. And right. I met her, um, yeah, like
1: I met her. Um, don't say how you met her. <laughs> don't say it. Um, <laughs> Let's keep this in. This is funny. <laughs> She heard my voice? Just go, nah. Mm, yeah. You, you, your face. I wish everyone could have seen your face. Like I met her. Um. You like looked over to the side, like someone was going to help you. Yeah,
0: baby, baby. She's actually on my wall.
1: It was Brittany the whole time. <laughs> I met her at a photo shoot. Um, photo shoot. Listen,
0: not saying where I met her, but
1: Mm-mm. but she was a character. In the story.
0: Yes, I, I can't. I don't want to give away too much, but yes, that was kind of the moment I was like, okay, I really actually think I'm gay. But then when quarantine rolled around, fast forward to where the world is shut down. Mm-hmm. I am single as ever. No one is around me. I'm deprived <laughs> of my natural love for physical touch and affection Ooh. and love. Oh, baby. I'm so deprived. <laughs>
1: but um weren't we all not all of us not people who are in relationships I I wasn't but that's fine
0: but you know what I also think it was it wasn't a bad thing like yeah it sucked being deprived and I was also at my parents house in Whitby so like it definitely went from a moment of like okay persis reflect 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 think about it Think about that girl and not in the way of like, I want to be with her. It was more like, I really like thought about my feelings for her. And then I compared it to other women I felt for in the past, plus men. And all I could think about was like, no, Persis, like, you know, and I think you should own it now and acknowledge it and say you're gay because, and some people might come at it and say like, you know what, that's good for you, but why do you need to announce it to the world? Or why do you need to announce it? What do you say to them? I say because representation matters. I think the more people speak out about their own stories, if they're comfortable with it, you are going to be helping out someone, whether it's one person Mm -hmm. or a million people. Like, I just think that's why I wanted to do it because I've mentioned this before, but me hearing other people's coming out stories actually helped me come to terms with my feelings for women a lot faster than if i hadn't seen any of those videos or Hell yeah any media rep
1: and you when you were talking earlier about like you know struggling with your sexuality one of the things you struggled with was that you didn't think that you looked gay and you thought no one else would think you looked gay either and so for someone who looks like you to be out there publicly talking about your coming out talking about your sexuality that's almost 10 times more important to you because you struggled with that exact same thing you didn't see anyone who looked like you not even like not even like indian like Mm -hmm. you didn't see anyone who looked feminine like you did coming out being openly queer um in the same way that you felt you you might want to be Yep, and
0: it's, it's actually amazing when, when you do see that and you can actually like envision it for yourself because you know, it's possible. And it's sometimes someone might be like, well, of course it's possible, but you need sometimes that little push. And I find that because it's not even in my like world as much too. Right. Like even in my, like my, my family is also like, it's a very heteronormative, like the presenting family. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we have my mom and dad who identify as straight and they're together my sister and her husband who are like identify as straight together there's me like gay and single and alone (laughs) and then then, (laughs) I think I always also felt a little bit like alone in that sense like me not bringing like a boyfriend home to like meet the parents or like
1: I wish you could have had another sibling because it really helped for me having two sisters because the one sister always had a boyfriend and the other one and I were always like kind of like the hilarious like single ones and it just felt better having someone else there with you so you didn't seem like I don't know the the black sheep or whatever but I think your family you're so lucky because because as you've said many times on this podcast they're so supportive they are it's not like they're, you know, making you purposely feel excluded or anything like that.
0: They're not. If anything, my mom, not long ago, because I went to a wedding last weekend, she even told me, like, she she was talking to me and she's like, I can't wait for you to, like, have your wife and, like, meet your wife. And I was
2: like... Aww, me too. Me too. Like, you yeah, I'm so excited for our wedding.
0: Yeah, like, my, I told my mom, like, mom, you've already met her. Mommy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mommy, you've already met her. Um... What? I, I guess advice. Yeah. What? Okay. Here's my question. If someone's listening to this right now and they haven't come out and they maybe they know they're gay or queer, or maybe they don't know if they're queer, but they just know that it's not fully like one way or another, what would you have to say to them?
0: I would say that one, that is totally okay. You don't have to You don't have to know everything right away. You don't have to put yourself in a a label. You don't need to put yourself in a box just because maybe society expects you to because people always feel the need to like identify with something so specific when they describe themselves to someone or even like to themselves. Like I'm Sarah Johnson. I'm a white cis ginger. I'm Persis Abraham. I'm a gay (laughs) Indian femme girl. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. we don't need any of that. I think that you should trust yourself and you trust just trust your feelings and know that they're valid and it's okay if they also change. So if you're feeling like you could be queer or have or be in the community in some way but you don't necessarily have a label um i would say you could maybe start to listen to like like i like girl to say girl. yeah listen to girl on girl or <laughs> <laughs> I find like read a lot of queer literature like that we
1: you know um listen to big queer uh book club big queer book club, yep, we just had them on our last episode. If you didn't listen in, you gotta hear it. It's such a great episode,
0: yes, and they're very cool, and they also they're always recommending queer books, but I find the more you read about queer people's stories, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, watch t v shows where you know there's that representation, maybe watch it and see if like you're identifying with it in some way and that might be able to help you. That's
1: good advice. And engaging with like real people too. Like, char- like characters in TV and film are amazing way- like ways for representation to get through. But I mean, you've talked so many times about the influence that Cammie Scott and Shannon Beveridge had on you. Seeing real people like out there in the wild being something you, didn't, you had never seen before.
0: Yeah. I'd never seen that. And I think like, even, um, like trying to broaden your, I know it's kind of hard. Like it's easy to say like, go meet some queer friends, meet queer people. And that's hard. But I think like, if there are any ways that you can try to like get in touch. And I know I've been doing that literally through the internet. Um, like I've made friends truly through the internet and we Weeks exchange queer stories and experiences and talk about like failed dates or like gay panic things, which is like so funny to talk to people when they like totally get it and they've been there because it's like so true.
1: I feel like when I first heard the term gay panic, I thought it was like, I don't know, only something that like a a gay person would feel, but like it happens to everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's almost it almost kind of like um nods back to internalized homophobia. Like, I've probably felt gay panic before. I'm sure I have. Like, we might not acknowledge it as that in the moment, but like everyone has felt it.
0: I know, and I feel like there's two different forms of gay panic. Cause sometimes I feel like there's the gay panic of like, I'm scared because I'm feeling like am I feeling like gay or something, and I don't know if that's what I want to acknowledge. Or there's the gay panic of, like, and I'd be curious to know if a lot of gay men relate to gay panic in the same sense, because I know a lot of lesbians feel this way, because lesbians fall hard, fall fast, fall deep, like, mm. they're in Moving it. in together. Yeah, it's like, when you find the, that girl, you're in love with her, and you're going to stay together. When people, <laughs> like, two women will, like, experience gay panic together, if they're both, like, oh my god, you're so cute, and I'm freaking out.
1: Oh, that's cute. I like that. I like that kind of gay panic. <laughs> I've had that so many times. I kind of like all gay panic because no matter what type of gay panic it is, you're acknowledging that like, you're acknowledging just that like queertom, Sorry, queerness is like all around us. And like it's, it can, it can just like, it's just like a part of, even if you don't realize it, it's a part of your world. And I think like that's when Um, queer panic can strike for straight people or people who think they identify as straight. You know what I mean?
0: Oh my God. It's like
1: they encounter something, whether it's a feeling internally or something they see externally that gives them like gay panic. And I love it. It's like, yes, expose me to queerness. Yes.
0: And I, I, we all just need to be exposed to each other. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like all forms, all people, all orientations. Yes. Like, i preach. Yes, yes, embrace.
1: Is there anything else you want to say about your coming out story?
0: Um, I think what I want to say is that maybe not necessarily like just personally for me, but I think in general for anyone who has a coming out story, I just want them to know, or not even a coming out story, just if you, you identify in the LGBTQIA community, like we definitely want to emphasize that not everyone has a coming out story. Um, Or even if you don't identify, but you are figuring shit out, I just want you to know that you have like a family here with Girl on Girl, and you also have an online community with tons of resources and people you can talk to. I think the biggest thing is like, I don't want anyone to feel like they're alone on National Coming Out Day.
1: Hell no, you're not alone. And if you feel like you are, that's cool too. But just DM us. We'll make you feel a little less alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you know not everyone has like the best family circumstances when it comes to this. Everything is very hidden, and you feel like you can't be yourself because even maybe like the the city you you live in, the country you live in is like homophobic central. you never know. yep, so I'd always say like if if that is the case, like definitely reach out to us, us yes. but or- anyway
1: anyone and there's tons of organizations that you can reach out to the the trevor project um is obviously a very well-known organization where that they have tons of resources and you can get all sorts of information there and you can get help um, if you need help with anything so that's a great organization to reach out to
0: We also have the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. So anyone who who doesn't know, Marsha P. Johnson was an activist, self-identified drag queen, performer, and survivor. She was a very prominent figure in the Stonewall Uprising of 1969. We also have Casey House, Uh. Toronto. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Mm-hmm. Casey House is a hospital in Toronto, Ontario that specializes in HIV, AIDS care, and also provides home care and outreach programs. And PFLAG. Um, PFLAG is actually one that pops up quite a bit. I feel like um, it's a very popular one. It's Canada's only national organization that offers peer-to-peer support, striving to help all Canadians with issues of sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression. And I want to shout out Black Equity as well. It's a center committed to supporting leaders, institutions, and programs for health, economic, and social equity for Black LGBTQ plus people.
1: And there are so many more. A lot of those are local ones to us. Wherever you are in the world, just do a little Google. Queer organizations in your neighborhood, resources, and Facebook groups, you know? Like queers in Auckland, New Zealand. Like wherever you are in the world, check it out. Because I mean, Persis has met lifelong queer friends through Facebook groups and things like that. Yeah, those are really important. And to end our coming out day celebration episode, we thought it'd be kind of fun to play a few clips from some of the amazing guests that we've had on this podcast talking about their coming out experience or their aha moment, like Persis talked about earlier. We're so grateful for the guests we've had on the pod. Some of them have been our friends. Some of them have been strangers turned friends and they all have such unique stories. Everyone's story is so different. And so we're going to play a few of those clips so you guys can hear from more diverse voices about what coming out means to them. The first clip you're about to hear is from episode five, being queer and Latina on TV with Ginny and Georgia's Umberly Gonzalez.
4: It changed my life. Like last year when the show premiered, that's when I really started owning myself and my sexuality, especially, I mean, young people don't know this, but I get asked, like, if I'm in the community all the time, are you queer, are you gay, are you lesbian, are you bi, are you this? And I don't think it's right to ask someone that, but I know that it's also not malicious, but I appreciated that they were just like excited to be like, yes, one of us. Like, if you're actually queer and you're playing a queer character, this is even more impactful. At this point, I hadn't even come out to my team, like my agents and my manager, I had a choice. I was like, okay, I need to, like, tell them. I tell them. And I did. And they were so happy. And I remember my agent said this. And they were like, this is only going to make you more relatable to Mm -hmm. your fandom. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we love you. And thank you for trusting us and letting us know. And onwards. And it was just so, like, oh, relief. You know, it was like, oh, that that was beautiful. And, And, yeah, there was just, like, very... Specific people in my life that didn't know, like my parents, and I told them as well. It was just like slow. This was only like a year ago, right? So it's been like this huge thing of like, okay, I got to do it for me, not because they need to know, but because I want them to know. You know, they they were still very loving and accepting, and I didn't expect that. Um, the way I explained it to my mom, I remember exactly like the first moment I told her actually, and we were eating at a restaurant, and a person's walking down the street. They are dressed in a dress and seemingly to my mom she was like that man is wearing a dress and she like made some kind of comment Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my gosh I feel my heart I feel like this speech coming out and I had to just say it and I was like you know mom that's just the way they're expressing themselves they may not even identify as a woman or a man they could just feel and be whoever they are and if they feel confident in wearing a dress like why does that make it a woman you know like people just are who they are and they love who they love and you know like I've always felt that way I just love people for who they are I don't care if they're a man or a woman like I just I love people and that's what I said she just like held my hand and she was crying and she was like you have a big heart so I understand that's all it was and I was like okay are we good <laughs> uh, yeah it was just oh like God. a
1: moment in the universe that like she understood this next clip is from episode six being queer in the south with our friends chelsea and abby who are the hosts of the Catch Up podcast
5: yeah i think i i started exploring i started dating and it was more about personality than um anything else and so i i've never wanted to put a view on it i think i'm i'm trying to make it i think i'm more pan than anything else Mm -hmm. um and I, I came out to all of my friends, and my family knows how important the LGBT community is to me, but I've never actually uh, put a label on it. Even though I feel like I'm out, everyone knows what I'm about. That's what's most important to me. They know what I'm about. They know my message. It's I'm not going to sit there and tell my family who I date, but they they have an issue. My my mother, actually, I don't have a good relationship with her. I usually call her my birth giver. She, she tried to, she has a lot of demons in her closet, and she tried to, tell my whole family that I was a lesbian. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I was like, first of all, you don't know the whole half of it. Second of all, I, they didn't care. They were like, we love you. Like you are you. And if you need to have that conversation later, like we can, it's, it's like, why would she use that? So yeah, when I first started being more open, there were some hardships, but I I did learn that the people who were there were going to love me and support me no matter what. Like that' because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm just a human, and like that all that matters
3: is like who I am and what i like what I'm about. I was trying to find like a reason for why I was feeling the way I was feeling, and yeah. there doesn't necessarily have to be a reason, but I was like, why like i and then I just started kind of looking inside myself and really digging deep, and I'm like this has been here all this time. I'm just fully now, like embracing it and kind of pursuing it a little bit but not pursuing it mm-hmm. and um. I did fall in love with a girl, so that kind of like completely changed everything for me. So, like a couple years ago, I got into this other thing with this girl, <laughs> girlfriend. What is up with me friends with benefits? I think that's like a cycle for me. I don't know why. Um, but it became one that I fell in love with her. And that was like after that ended, I was like, I need to come out. This has to be something that I publicly addressed because I can't keep this a secret any longer because it was like a secret relationship that I was in. So last year, the start of the pandemic. So in March, I started having conversations with people just to kind of let them know like, Hey, this is what I'm feeling, This is where I'm at. And I'm fixing to put it out there in public. And then, um, I dropped, I dropped a post on Instagram a couple months before we actually did my coming out video. And so I dropped this post and I was very subtle, but I said what I needed to say and was basically the extent of it was just like me coming out, but in my own way. And then jump two months or so later, I finally do a video, I put it out there. Oh God, it was like it was like the most liberating feeling I've ever felt. Um, it was scary, I was anxious, but also very, very relieved Mm -hmm. because it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and off my chest this is
1: something that I've struggled with for quite some time next up is episode nine growing up a proud gay man with our very best friend Kyle McCallum
6: ninth grade one of my one of my best friends at the time he had recently broken up with a girlfriend that he had for three years and as soon as he did he came out of vibe. Oh wow and then about a week later I came out as gay. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, I probably should have like let him have his light a little bit.
1: <laughs> you stole his thunder, Kyle. Great. Now's my time to shine.
6: <laughs> I know. Oh,
1: you're by? Great, great. Okay. I I'm gay.
6: literally that's a, literally what happened. And yeah, ever since then I just I just live my life as an unapologetic gay man. Even in high school, like, I, I feel like it was kind of unorthodox for me because, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of queer people, a lot of gay men, any, any people that belong on the LGBTQIA spectrum, like, they received a lot of bully, a lot of hate for projecting who they are and stuff like that. I never really received that um, because I was very social. The people that were trying to bully me, they were always playing checkers, but I was playing chess. So...
1: Oh, I love that. Tell us more.
6: For example, like, I would become friends with the popular girls so that the popular guys couldn't make fun of me because if they did, then the popular girls would withhold sex.
1: He's strategic. He's (laughs) manipulative. Checkmate, baby. (laughs) Checkmate. This next clip is from episode 16, Fluidity and Identity with the one and only Sid McManus. I
2: think the people around me were ready before I was, or just like maybe saw something before I did. Because it's kind of like when you're when you're invested in something and, and for me in this moment it was myself. <laughs> <But> <laughs> when you like when you're so like inside and yep you just need that outside perspective to like encourage you maybe is what they're trying to do. So I feel like I had people like encouraging me to be like, you know, you can like these kinds of people or you like are waiting, they're waiting for me to be, to tell them I'm gay. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it happened with my mom where I was telling her, I was telling her some other story (laughs) and I felt this like, she had was preparing herself and, and she was like uh-huh okay I'm like mom I need to tell you something she's like okay yes mm-hmm. and then I tell her something else she's like oh okay and then I'm like okay <laughs> at that moment I was like well I told you some other shit and now you, and you're you're a little confused so I'm like maybe she's like waiting for me to tell her I'm gay
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny like she was yeah. waiting and she was like oh, that's not how I thought
1: it was going to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she had like yeah. prepared for that moment. <laughs> yeah.
2: But then when I finally, like when I really had feelings for the first time for a woman, that hit me like, I was just like so confused, not confused. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happened. And I was like, okay, let's see. Yeah, and then it, it just like opened my, <sighs> my self to to allowing it to shift between men and women but telling my parents I was closer to, like to being pansexual I got the reaction of thinking that I was just a lesbian and I should not feel bad for only liking women and I shouldn't have to force myself to like men and
0: there,
2: there's like really some like they're not right (laughs) but also for them to it's just kind of funny for them to be like well lesbian is okay like they've understood that and that seems clear but and yeah any kind of fluidity um i think is hard for people to
1: understand next you're gonna hear from episode 25 love and long distance relationships with the beautiful teen ford
2: But I think maybe that's where my like reservation of like choosing one label is where it's like, cause I know at first you came out as bi and now that since then has changed. But like, I don't know, like I don't, for me personally, like I just don't think that if I choose one label now and like that changes later, I don't wanna have to like explain myself. Not that I not that I have to, but uh, in society I, f- I think I would feel a pressure to explain myself, and I just like being open, I think that just
1: make sure that I wouldn't ever have to do that. And this last clip is from episode 26, Lesbian and Christian, with iHeartRadio host and queer icon, Shannon Burns. So um, I was really getting into social media and
7: posting a lot more on that, but also with radio is sharing so much about yourself. So for a while, when I was a host, I was like sharing stories about myself, but using gender neutral terms. And I wasn't really being my full, authentic self. And that was for a couple of years. And then I finally reached a point, too, with like my coming out where like time after time, I'd be like reaching different levels of like wanting to be more open and feeling comfortable enough to talk openly. So then I finally came out on air and I like the morning show, let me like, come on and like do a big coming out thing. And I was like, I just want to like be open about this. And then, and it was in Edmonton, which is a pretty conservative city. So I was a little bit nervous about that, but, um, yeah, I got like, all the most positive response from it. And that was really great. And then it wasn't until like even two years ago that I first posted about being gay online.
0: Oh, no way. Yeah.
7: Like I'd always kind of hinted towards it, but I'd like go to pride and would like never take any photos. I'd like dodge out Mm. of photos of people. I just like, I didn't feel comfortable enough doing it because I didn't, it was the same thing where I was like, I don't want to disappoint my family. And I'd gotten a lot of negative reactions from people from my church community that I grew up in. Anytime I would like allude to it or anything, Mm -hmm. or if they found out I'd get messages. So it was very like I kind of felt like bullied to in the closet online. So I was very open, like in my everyday life. And I had had relationships and things like that and like posted photos of girls that I was dating, but never would say that they were my girlfriend and things like that. So it was just (laughs) never fully out. But then it wasn't until pride of toronto of like yeah 2018 2019 so a couple years ago now but that was when i finally like posted a photo with my girlfriend and i was like this is my girlfriend there's a big pride flag behind us i was like i'm gay i haven't actually said it but i'm gay i know everyone knows but i'm gay (laughs) um (laughs) and um, confirming yeah exactly and that was really nice to just like finally be able to do and just be so open and i think that too like really helped me just like reach that level of authenticity. And then I think from there, I was just like, was able to just like climb in every regard of my life and it really helped me out. So, yeah.
1: In case you missed it. There might've been
0: some news that you missed.
6: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the world
0: Yeah yeah. But don't worry
1: (laughs) This is so random But I had to bring it up Because I haven't asked you yet But we were talking about Raven, I think Raven Simone I think that's what what we were talking about Where one of our listeners, AJ um, Reached out to us And they were like Did you guys have In Canada The thing on Family Channel, because ours is called Family Channel, but in America it's called Disney Channel, where they wave the wand and it draws out like the Mickey face. And I was like, I remember that wand thing like it was yesterday, but I don't think they did that on Family Channel because it was Family Channel, so they wouldn't have been drawing a Mickey Mouse. But I was like, but why do I remember it so vividly then? I went to the States quite a bit for like soccer tournaments and stuff. So I was like, maybe I was just watching TV in the States and I remembered that. But do you remember? I only remember that because Hillary Duff, they made her do um, a
0: a retake of it, like of modern Hillary Duff compared to young Hillary Duff. Oh, okay. So, and you're watching Disney and it's like that. So she was like making fun of it. But I think I've only seen it when they like show the, stars reacting to
1: them doing it now so i don't think we saw it like real time uh, man i wonder why it's like so as soon as she said it i was like yes it's so, so familiar to me but i don't think they did that on family channel mm-hmm. all right well that solves it i just really had to get to the bottom of that
0: and you did and you know what that really is a good segue
1: <laughs> great segue how are, how are you gonna segue this i'm excited to see
0: because i feel like family channel mm-hmm deliberately took away that opportunity for us to experience <laughs> disney and that is a crime and you know what the canadian court <laughs> the canadian court also rules that deliberate misgendering is a human rights violation
1: That deserves a slow clap. That was a great segue. Thank you. Listen, if you misgender someone in a public place in Canada, you're breaking the law, baby. You're breaking the law, the human rights law. That is the law in Canada, Uh uh-huh. So we did a little bit of digging. We did, as we do. As we should.
0: (laughs) I know, it's like our only
1: job. (laughs) Actually, we didn't do any digging and we just said it. We just like said what we thought things were. (laughs) I read a headline and I think it means this.
0: (laughs) But the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal made this ruling very recently, just on September 29th, after this, this person, Jesse Nelson, complained complained that their former employer discriminated against them. Nelson, who is non-binary and gender fluid, said the restaurant where they worked, okay, guys, I'm going to butcher the name, Buono Osteria.
1: I think that's probably perfect.
0: uh, Deliberately used the wrong pronouns to address them, which is, to me, okay, first of all, we've Mm -hmm. talked about this a bunch, where Mm -hmm. we understand and we know that people might make mistakes when they are gendering someone, you know, like mm-hmm. calling someone girl by accident when maybe they recently came out as non-binary. But it's when you're being deliberate and causing someone else pain and you know you are. And I wanted to say this because I actually watched a video about this recently. Demi Lovato, who talked about a lot on the pod, so like, like I said, manifestation, I'm just putting it out there that they hear this and come on, um, was <laughs> <Well> on... <laughs> The uh, Kelly Clarkson show. And they were saying that they were comparing it. So if you're misgendering someone and they correct you and then you continue to do it, it's almost like you go to me, hi, my name is Sarah. And I go, hey, Kathy.
1: Right. That's interesting.
0: And you're like, no, 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 it's, it's Sarah. I'm like, all right, Kathy, can you pass the bread?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a really good way to describe it. That was how Demi described it. Yes. I like that. You know what it is? It's microaggression, which queer people have to face all the time in their daily lives anyway. But it's a microaggression, right? Yeah. When you, it's deliberate and it is malicious. You purposefully not calling someone by their name. Sorry to reference calling by your name right now. I just can't help myself. I know. Sorry.
0: And it is actually like what um Devin Um, sorry if I said that wrong, a representative of the tribunal wrote that pronouns are a fundamental part of a person's identity. And it was in this like 42 page ruling. And it's true. It's it, it is a part of you. It's who you are. It's how you identify. It's how you want to be seen. And anyone who is deliberately not listening to you and not acknowledging you in that way. it It's taking away like your own right as a human to say like, this is who I am. And it's me. Like, how else do we say it? Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and something I, that really gets my blood boiling about this situation with Jesse Nelson is that at this restaurant where, um, Jesse said that they were the wrong pronouns were being used deliberately they were using gendered nicknames like sweetheart sweetie and honey which as a straight woman i already hate when people call me those those pet names especially men because they are so gendered and they're so in my opinion um condescending and belittling alone and then to do that to someone who clearly has stated that they're non-binary and they don't identify with that gender that all of those nicknames like that really triggered me when I read that yeah that triggered something deep because if you call me sweetheart mm and I um. identify as a woman and and I and I definitely don't identify with that nickname
0: no for sure for sure so yeah you can it's only imagine
1: so, it's so aggressive like it feels so you know it feels like malicious almost to be using those types of pet names.
0: I know, I get what you mean by like um the condescending yeah. aspect of it like oh
1: sweetie. Yeah, it's like you're just a just like you're weak or you're incapable or and I, I understand, like, listen, we understand that these nicknames can be used in many, many different ways between many different relationships. They don't; they're not always malicious, but it's it's the context, right? And in this context, with Jesse, with Jesse Nelson, with people who hurt, sh- like, I'm guessing, employers and coworkers saying these things to them. Sorry, with Jesse's situation, it was their employers and or coworkers who were who were using these terms. It just feels wrong
0: Mm -hmm. it's really really sad and i guess now um that this new like rule has been put in place the restaurant was ordered to roll out an official policy on pronouns as well as training on diversity inclusion in the workplace
1: that's great i think that's a great move um hopefully that's taken seriously and that these trainings are completed by people who understand non-binary experience and can communicate it effectively i think sometimes when organizations are like or companies or corporations say like we're going to do a training sometimes that can mean absolutely nothing so i really hope in this situation it does but the more important thing here is that now in canada if you misgender someone it's a violation of human rights
7: Mm mm-hmm it's
1: Mm -hmm. not lawful anymore so and you know what, when you mentioned Demi, this reminded me of something that I forgot to tell you. I, I feel like this might be my second story about listening to the radio and hearing something I didn't like. <laughs> I'm going to stop listening to the radio. This is like maybe three weeks back. I was listening to the radio, it was morning, and around that time I was in my car quite a bit in the morning, and so I, I got to know these radio hosts on this on this show and the one girl on the show is like the gossip expert. So she always does this like gossip segment where she talks about what's happening in pop culture. So she knows everything about what's happening in pop culture, including the fact that Demi is non-binary and goes by they, them. And this radio host starts talking about Demi in a mean way. She's talking about how Demi, basically saying that Demi will do anything for a headline yeah, I forget. It wasn't about being non-binary. It was about um, something else that Demi had had said recently that she was like, you know, this Demi, like she's just, she is just always trying to get a headline. She did this, 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 she, 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 she. she. So not only talking about how Demi's always trying to get a headline, but using she over and over and over. And the, there's two other hosts with her. Neither of them said anything about the fact that she was saying she. She's a gossip expert. So a thousand percent, she knows that Demi is non-binary. So it just, I was like fuming in my car. I was like, I don't care what you say about this celebrity. Like, I don't care if you say you think that they're trying to get a headline, blah, blah, blah. But you are deliberately, I could tell she was deliberately using she because she was saying how she didn't like Demi
0: mm-hmm That's
1: it was so like microaggressions right like it might not have been like just straight up slandering her kind of thing but it was so deliberate and so aggressive in the way that she was purposefully saying she over and over and this is just some stupid radio host in london ontario literally who cares about this person sorry if i'm if i'm being kind of mean Um, but be careful what you say on the radio. You're on the radio with a bunch of people listening to you. Like you can at least be accepting a a non-binary person's pronouns. Anyway, now I'm getting off on a tangent, but I just like the fact that like that little thing I experienced is now a human rights violation. Yeah. And yes, dummy is a celebrity. They'll probably never hear this stupid segment. Right. Right. But that's not the point. It's like the point is that If a non-binary person was listening to that radio segment, they would feel unsafe. They would feel like they aren't seen and they aren't heard. And maybe they won't be seen or heard in their workplace or in their friendship circles or in their schools. And I think it all filters down. And it would be naive to say that it doesn't matter when when that kind of thing happens. Yeah. And that's my. my, sorry, I just went off on a tangent, but I totally forgot to tell you that. No,
0: and and that's exactly how you said it. If this person is a so-called gossip expert and this is their show where they have that, that segment, of course they know that Demi identifies as non-binary now. And yeah, it's just a perfect example of people almost like not respecting a human. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. Think what totally. you want about the celebrity. I don't care if you think Demi's the worst person ever and you're like, yeah. They are out to get headlines. Say it. You're a gossip segment. You're, that's okay. Like, yeah. Talk trash. If you want to talk like gossipy stuff, I get it. That's your job. But really? it's almost the same as if like, imagine if like they were t- like Sarah, if you were on a part of that segment and then all of them were referring to you as he, and yeah. you were like, I identify as she, her. And they're like, totally. he was doing this. And he, d-. you'd be like, what? It's the sa- It's the exact same thing
1: it's so easy when you say it like that. And I wish that more people were able to see it as something that simple. And I I think soon, you know, over time people will, I think it's a process obviously when it comes to culture, but at least it's seeping into our, our legal system and our government, like, and this is just in Canada, but I'm just, it's, this is, this, in case you missed it, is a celebratory one. I know that I just got really angry, but it's a happy, it's a happy one. Like, this is great news, in my opinion. I do think people are going to have some strong opinions about this, but it's not about you, you know? It's not about you. Stop, everyone who's mad about this news, stop making it about you.
0: <laughs> it has nothing to do with you.
1: It's about you people feeling safe and accepted and loved and understood Mm -hmm. don't we all want that you don't want that. i know i'm speaking to an imaginary person who's mad about this but i'm i guess just because i know people are going to be and like don't you want everyone to love each other a little more yeah don't you if you don't don't. i don't want to be friends with you
0: i know i want people to love each other a little more for real
1: Me me too i want you to love me a little more
0: yeah, that's. I think that's where it's all boiling down to, guys. Um, so Sarah and I are gonna have a discussion after this podcast.
1: Exactly, that's what I wanted. <sighs> anyway, I'm so happy about this news. Me too. It was good. And news. Clearly, I have some feelings about this. <laughs> <laughs> it came forward. I, I think I just get upset because I I feel like as we explore the queer community more and more on this podcast, I just see so much more about how the non-binary and trans communities are just still not treated well and and like I don't know like the intersectional parts of queerness like it's just so interesting and it and obviously our goal on this podcast is to spread positivity and acceptance and education and representation and I don't know I just feel almost defensive (laughs) of like every part of the every single member of the queer community I want I want them all to get all this. I want equality. Me too. And it's not always that easy. It's
0: not. It's not, but we're working towards it. And even yeah. us doing this is us doing our part.
1: Yes, exactly. And the Canadian courts doing this is their part. Thank you, Devin Cousinot, who wrote that 42 page ruling that, that put this into action. And thank you, Jesse Nelson. You came forward and you said this was not okay. I felt discriminated against. And look what look what you did. Jesse, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. Yes, Jesse Nelson. <laughs> Hello. Please. And if you don't want to come on the podcast, we're not mad, but thank you because you just put our country a huge step forward. Huge. And that's what it takes,
0: right? It's like if you if something's bothering you, go out and speak out about it, especially when it has to do with your human
1: rights. <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen. Mr. friend. Well, I love you. I love you, mi amor. Mi amor. And I'll always refer to you by your preferred pronouns.